0: Now, I have to confess that the thought of us covered in bows makes me giggle, because Marilyn and Sheila don't do frilly. They're definitely tailored. I've seen them turn shades of lime green when things became too cutesy. But I'm your layered lace girl with twirling ribbon spewing in all directions. That's one of the things we've loved about doing this purposeful party together. We've all brought our unique ways to the festivities. And more important, we've brought his unfailing ways. Please join the party. Come on, sport a zany hat, honk your horn, and toss confetti all over your life. We have reason to rejoice. Together with God's help, we'll unravel knots and create exquisite bows as we learn to gift-wrap our days in His extravagant grace. Just imagine that each chapter is a gift for you with your name on the gift tag. Yes!
1: all messed up. It is only God that may be had for the asking. Lowell. Once upon a time, Almighty God looked upon an unformed mass and said, I'm gonna make a world. So he made the birds and the bees, the flowers and the trees, the stars up above, and a thing called love. And that was good. Then when he wanted someone who could speak the language of his heart and have sweet fellowship with him, he made a man and a woman. But they became arrogant and wanted to be as smart as God, so they disobeyed his simple instructions for how to live happily ever after. They messed up. So God threw them out of their magnificent garden home. God's first people bore a lot of children, but they were all disobedient, just like their parents. They messed up. So God did away with them all, except his servant Noah, Noah's family, and a menagerie of birds and beasts. At first, Noah was very grateful for God's favor. Noah followed God's instructions to the letter and built an ark. Noah was doubly grateful when his ark sailed through the deadly flood God sent to destroy everything on the earth. But when the rain stopped, Noah got drunk. And messed up with God. God then thought, I know somebody I can trust to be the father of many nations. Maybe he'll understand how much I love him, and perhaps he'll do the right thing. So God chose Abraham as his own. But Abe got impatient, had a baby by a woman other than his wife, and messed up with God. God still loved him, though. And in his grace, he finally gave Abraham the son he'd promised. Abraham's son Isaac wasn't perfect either. Neither was Isaac's son Jacob. One by one, they kept messing up with God. So God anointed priests. They messed up. He gave authority to judges. They messed up. He sent the prophets. They all messed up. I can just hear God saying now, if you want something done right, you gotta do it yourself. So God put on the skin of a man and came to earth to live, love, and die so that every messy person could have perfect fellowship with him. That's called grace incarnate. When God sent his son Jesus to live among us and to die for our sins, He knew we did not and never would deserve this kind of sacrificial love. But he also knew we would continue to mess up until the end of time. We could never save ourselves. So he poured out his life for us and brought us back into the garden of his love. What a gift! Knowing that God's son died a cruel death on an old rugged cross so that I could have an intimate relationship with the Almighty makes me want to reach out my short, chubby arms, grab Jesus around his neck, and hug him the way my grandchildren hug me tight and say, Grammy, I love you. Even when they've misbehaved, they can come to me and steal my heart with their sweet embrace. When we embrace the grace of God, we can come to him with the spirit of a little child and say, Father, I've messed up. Please forgive me. I love you. Instantly, faster than a grandmother's pardon, God grants us his unmerited favor through Christ Jesus. And loves us freely once more. What a gift. When you mess up. God's there to clean you up. Just run to him with your arms open wide. He'll return your embrace. Every time. The Lord. The Lord the compassionate and gracious God. Slow to anger. Abounding in love and faithfulness. Maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Exodus 34, 6 and 7.
2: Salvation is a gift, and you can't Mm -hmm. boast about a gift. You can only be thankful. It had been a long day for grace. She finished her shift at the dollar store at 5 o'clock and hurried home to fix a meal for her husband Stan and their four boys. What can we have that's quick, she thought, as she stood in line waiting for the number 10 bus. Her back ached from being on her feet all day, and the thought of going out again at 11.30 that night sent a throb deeper into her weary bones. Since Stan's accident the previous year, she had become the sole breadwinner and taken on job number two, cleaning at the local hospital three nights a week. Grace arrived for her shift at one minute before midnight to join her two co-workers as they filled up their buckets with steaming hot water and shuffled down the corridor to begin the long night scrub-down. All three women had a lot on their minds. Mary was worried about her daughter's grades. Stella hoped that no one noticed how often she slipped into the restroom to take a quick swig from the flask in her pocket. Suddenly their private thoughts were punctuated by a noise down the corridor they knew that no one should be in that area at that time of night. Grace, Mary and Stella picked up their mops, poor weapons against any real threat, and stealthily approached the door from where the mysterious noise seemed to be coming. Wearily, Grace opened the door and beheld the most beautiful sight she had ever seen in her long, hard life. Filling the room with the wingspan of a thousand eagles stood an angel a messenger from God with this outrageous message. Grace, have I got news for you. God is here. To you, Grace, with your varicose veins and your PMS and your two-pack-a-day habit, to you is born a Savior. Today, the love of God has come to you, Stella, and to you, Mary, God is with you. This fable illustrates the simple, joyful message of the gospel, just as it was presented on that first Christmas. After 400 years of silence following the close of the Old Testament, God showed up on the night shift to the shepherds. In the voice of his archangel, he proclaimed salvation to the boys on the hill. This radical gift of grace shows us that God's love is based on nothing we have done, but on who he is. Do you think that God looked down at a few shepherds under the stars and thought, These are the only guys who have their act together. I think I'll break the news to them first. I don't think so. God so longed for us to get the message of grace that he chose to display his glory to people like you and me who try so hard and fail so often. He shows up to people who slip into the bathroom for a quick shot of something to deaden the pain of life. He shows up to all the broken, lonely people of the world with the good news God is here it's hard to grasp that truth living in this culture of ours where we worship at the altar of apparent success we think that God will show up for the Billy Grahams the Joyce Myers, the women of faith of this world but not for us it's as if we think that certain people have a hotline to heaven a special number that God answers before he bothers with the regular office line it's time to go back to the word of God and ask for eyes to see and ears to hear the way things really are. Christ came to